a nomad look back at 2023. This topic uh, allows me to talk about a lot of different things that I did in 2023 in traveling as a nomad. So that's what we're going to do in podcast 1125, a nomad look back at 2023, the Bob Davis podcasts. One of the people I will be thanking on New Year's Eve is Mindy Collins, who has this new thing going. She has these things called Big Treat or Big Treats, and this is an Akai um, non-GMO, gluten-free, it's almost like a miniature cliff bar, if I could say that. It has the consistency and the uh, the texture of a cliff bar, if you like cliff bars. And there's lots of different flavors. She wrote uh, on this, hey, Bob, thanks for doing this. I, I told her I would talk about this. These bars are delish, nutrish, <laughs> great with coffee. So here's the deal. I have eaten the entire bag. She sent me one bag. I've eaten the entire bag. In fact, I ate like four of them in <laughs> one sitting. They, this, the one that she sent me is Strawberry Akai, and it's, a, uh, it's an amazing thing. BigTreatHealth.com. If you want to get some, uh, just use the code MINDY15 in caps. M-I-N-D-Y, MINDY15 in caps. Check them out. 80 calories, 4 grams of high-quality plant protein, organic sugar, and 12 bars in each bag. And you can get boxes of bags. I'm sure they have other flavors. I'll let you know more as we go. I'll just read off the back of the the thing. The Ultimate Treat is a superfood protein treat that provides on-the-go nutrition with some of the healthiest ingredients available on Earth. Developed over 12 months and tested with countless people, and I am now one of them, it, uh, it is the perfect snack to feel good about what you're putting in your body. We were inspired by the feedback from kids to older adults and everyone else in between with how good this treat tastes. It really is good. And I'm not a guy. I don't like strawberry. I'm big on peanut butter and things like that. So for me to like a strawberry treat is a big deal. The best part is all the ingredients are good for your health. And that's why I believe this treat is uh, good for the whole family. So that's what the little bag says. And thank you, Mindy, uh, for sending them to me. Now just send me a whole box. <laughs> and I'll give them to all my friends. You know, the thing is, if you eat a couple of these, you it really is a great uh, appetite suppressant, which I think is the big thing, especially out here when there's so many pretzels and uh, other things that I love available. So I don't need to go on and on about it. But Big Treat Health, all one word, dot com. And if you want to buy, you'll get a discount. Mindy 15. One of the things about uh, travel, one of the things about being a nomad is you focus on the now. And it happens without any effort on your part. I am the last person that I would expect would be that focused on the now. Yeah, I've done stuff. I've done a lot of yoga. Uh, I'm not big on meditation. I read The Power of Now, and I've, I've heard all the people talking about it's important to focus on the now, blah, 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 blah. But you end up focusing on the now most of the time. That is because there's always something that you have to do. And I find myself very content and calm out here doing this because I end up having to focus on the little things that have to be done. There's always things that have to be done. Wood has to be chopped. You have to go to town. You have to be strategic about what you're going to get. 
you might have to go to Parker to go to the Walmart. You have to be strategic and you're thinking about when you're going to get there and what you're going to do after you go to the Walmart and, and sort of running these errands and then doing little things, constantly cleaning, constantly uh, preparing food. Uh, the days are short, so the, you get up, you have something to eat, you drink some coffee, you do a bunch of stuff, and then it's time for dinner. Uh, so winter, you don't have that much time. I am not the kind of person that, that focuses on the minute-by-minute minute of the now. Well, this life experience of being a nomad causes you to be more focused on the now. Therefore, the, the, the interesting dynamic that I have is the the memory uh is is um is some sometimes not a very good guide as to what a person has done in a year when i was back in the world working at a job for six or seven or eight years and then another job for six or seven or eight years it seems sometimes like two three four five years go by in a flash the exact opposite has been true for me when it comes to nomad life. A year can feel like 10 years to the point where it's very hard for me to tell you where I was in January of 2023. Now, I know I was out here. In fact, I know that in January of 2023, I was about um, 100 feet from where I am right now, along with my camping buddies. So we started out in the desert in January of 2023. 2022 had been uh, very tough, to be quite honest with you. And and if you go back and listen to some of those podcasts from 2022, the biggest problem was fuel prices were so high. That was essentially the peak coming slightly down from the peak of the highest inflation at 9% in the fall of 2022 by the late winter of 2022. Uh I had resigned myself to basically sitting here. There wasn't going to be very much travel because heading into early 2023 were very high uh, prices. In fact, I don't even remember New Year's Eve of last year. I know I did a podcast. I don't even remember Christmas of last year, just off the top of my head. That is the degree to which the current focus, in other words, focusing on the now, uh is the plan here last spring was i was going to stay here until it got hot i was going to stay until june or at the very last uh, memorial day and then i was going to head back to wisconsin via colorado and, and work my way up from i wanted to go to great sand dunes national park and some other places heading north and i i wanted to visit the grand canyon things like that but in March, uh, around St. Patrick's Day, I was called back to uh, Wisconsin because uh, my I, I refer to my father-in-law as my second father. Very important person in my life. And he passed away on St. Patrick's Day for an Irishman, pretty amazing, uh, of 2023. And uh, I left here. And again, just like when my mom died, there are pieces of the trip that I remember going to Virginia, but most of it I don't remember. I remember very little about that trip to get back to Wisconsin. I do remember spending the rest of winter in the shed. And it's very interesting because this particular piece of property, there is where I stayed later, which was on the lakeshore, 
we even in late April, early May, even to like I think I finally got down there around May 10th, because we had a big snowstorm to the extent that my sister-in-law's boyfriend uh, had to get the skid loader to get rid of the snow. We had you know several inches of snow in uh, April. And uh, I couldn't get down to the lake because every time I would go down to the lake the back way, that's the only way you can get down there, uh, I would have to uh, negotiate a huge snowdrift, which, which ended up being like a glacier and took quite a while. It was almost Memorial Day before I was able to get down there. And I ended up having a perfect summer on uh, the lakeshore. I don't think that you could have a better summer than 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 I had uh, last summer on the on the lakeshore. A lot of fires, great fires, uh, up until two or three o'clock in the morning. Great contemplation. Really enjoyed having friends coming to visit, and we'd stay up all night and we'd talk about things. At the same time, there are some pretty significant economic changes going on, and uh, it it sort of made it seem like there were going to be lower fuel prices going forward so there was a little bit of pressure that was off and here again one of the things i learned is that when i am moving then i ha seem to have a lot more to talk about than when i am not moving so so i really had to reach down to find content during that period of time also this was the sort of a period of time that was uh, marked by the peter santanello video dropping and then uh, him letting me know that it was time to start putting videos up on my YouTube channel. I reintegrated uh, YouTube into what I am doing. Suddenly, it was August 1st, and it was time to go because I was going to go east because my uh, nephew got married and my son officiated the wedding, and everybody went to Portsmouth, New Hampshire for uh, the wedding. So I left Wisconsin um, somewhere around August 1st and headed down to the southern tip of Wisconsin, into northern Illinois, working my way down through northern Illinois, all the way down, had to dip into Iowa briefly, found a way to cut across Illinois below Peoria. And what ensued was the most incredible trip through this abundance that uh, I could have possibly asked for. Uh, a couple of years earlier, I had taken the, the I called it the Industrial Revolution in reverse tour, where I went from uh, Minnesota uh, east across the Great Lakes. And so I visited a lot of industrial uh, landmarks and historical places that had to do with the Industrial Revolution. This was different, and I decided to go down uh, south to go across to the east. And... I was I managed to and this is the one of the most incredible things about the trip I managed to thread the needle uh, by not and not visit not be anywhere near any urban centers to the extent that it was almost a dream it's one of the things that I will remember most about this year was this incredible abundance of all these crops across the country literally amber waves of grain even though most of it was corn and soybeans and things like that it was really an incredible experience just being out and having the windows down and driving on back roads most of the time the only vehicle on the road was me through all these little uh rural towns uh coming across the midwest so illinois into indiana the rolling hills of indiana on into ohio 
and up into Pennsylvania and New York State. Had that incredible experience in Jamestown where uh, I had a little problem with my differential, so I had to find a place in Jamestown. Just spent two days there and had an incredible time in this really interesting uh, post-industrial kind of town of Jamestown, New York, which actually has some pretty amazing history going back to uh, the 1830s and 1840s, and it was built as a factory town at that time. And on uh, east, uh, up through uh, upstate New York into Vermont for about a minute, then on into northern New Hampshire. And my plan was to camp all over uh, the White Mountains and all through this per- this area around northern New Hampshire. And I, and I learned so much about history and about the national forests and, and the, the king pines that were in these various locations. Had some great conversations with park rangers about uh, the history of New Hampshire and and uh, the fact that they clear-cut almost all that, those forests, and that was one of the main reasons for the emergence of the national forests was to protect those forest lands going back to this period of time in the early 1900s. Uh, in the in the wake of all that clear cutting, uh, and it became national forest land, and I'll I'll tell you about the hurricane wedding, in the second half of this podcast. One of the clients that I will be thanking uh, profusely is Thirty Six Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis. I talk about it all the time. Uh, shout out to Lonnie and all the guys at Thirty Six Lynn. They're at Thirty Sixth Street South and Lynn Avenue South in South Minneapolis, uh, Lynn Lake to be exact. The main thing is the store, which is making waves with locally sourced uh, items in the store. And of course, because they're an independent refueling station, they get a better deal on fuel and uh, they can pass the savings on to you. Check them out online at 36lin or on Instagram at at 36lin, 36lin, or click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcasts.com. Well, the thing about New Hampshire uh, I remember from this year was just rain. It just rained all the time until finally my friend in uh, Manchester, I I had intended to go down and see Jack and Karen, uh, in Manchester for a couple of weeks, maybe a week. And he said, why don't you just come down now? So I ended up spending a month with Jack and Karen. And Jack is from that part of the country. He's from upstate, he's from upstate New York, Albany, to be exact. Karen's from Massachusetts. They really know a lot about the history of that area. And this is the great value of staying with people um, who are friends who don't mind if you stay too long. I feel like I stayed too long. It was a month in the end. At the end of the day, it was a month. But we got to go to Mount Washington. They took me to these restaurants I never would have found on my own, just have lobster and all the things, and experience this whole uh, state. And I often talk about how all of the states of the United States are unique. They are not all the same, even though there's an olive garden on every corner. They are not all the same. One of the things about New Hampshire is it's, it's very real. It's very down to earth. And uh, I really enjoyed being there. And then the wedding was in Portsmouth. So we went into the city of Portsmouth at the, in, in the midst of this huge, quote unquote, hurricane that was going to destroy the East Coast. I don't even remember the name of the hurricane now. And I ended up parking at the AC Hotel in Portsmouth next to a concrete wall at the hotel. The, the, uh, the hurricane didn't really amount to much. 
the kids had the engagement dinner uh, on a table set up at the Atlantic Shore. The the family has a little old, uh, really sort of undeveloped, old school cabin right on the Atlantic uh, there in New Hampshire, near Rye Beach. It, it was idyllic, beautiful sunset. They had this beautiful engagement dinner. The next day, the wedding was just fantastic, perfect wedding. We all ended up at this bar. Uh, in Portsmouth, right near the hotel, the night of, and uh, there was a bunch bunch of people in this bar, and somebody was playing a bag a bagpipe, and people were complaining because this guy was playing the bag bagpipe, and in walks the bride, and the groom, and she is wearing her wedding dress, with this giant white foam top hat, and so she makes this regal entrance, the bagpipes start playing again, and it was just uh, an incredible moment. And that's one that kind of stays with me. Then the next morning, uh, we all went back out to the, um, I guess I called it a cabin, but it's like, a, I don't know what you call it. It's like a cottage on the, on the shores of the Atlantic the next day. Beautiful weather again, September in New Hampshire, and we had a great brunch. My, I guess she's my niece-in-law, whatever you want to call her. Her family was like, you should stay with us for a couple days. and You can just park in the driveway. And I should have because it was a full moon. It was just gorgeous. And uh, But I said, I got to get west. I got to go. Couldn't wait to get back out to uh, Arizona. And here again, I remember, um, I just, re- I don't remember much of the trip. And and some people I know, they make little notes in their in their calendar book to let them know where they were and, and what they were doing at a certain time. I usually use the podcast for that. I don't remember much of the trip. Uh, I remember Massachusetts. I remember, uh, I don't know how I got, I guess I went through Pennsylvania to get back out to West Virginia, dipped into Ohio. Briefly, I remember West Virginia, and then I remember getting into Tennessee and staying with my friend uh, John in Nashville. And then I remember, don't remember much about Western Tennessee. Uh, just remember, um, again, trying to stay out of the major cities. And I think I ended up in Arkansas, uh, kind of lost, but finding this incredible place where I camped, uh, dispersed camping in a national forest. And then suddenly I was in Oklahoma. And this is the thing about this kind of travel is I'm in Oklahoma and I realize that I'm in the panhandle, which was the epicenter of uh, the movement west of Okies to San Bernardino, where their ambition was to become migrant workers. You know, it says something about the time and became this became the subject of Grapes of Wrath. So I did some great content about um, the uh, the sharecropper kind of mentality and and uh, where people are today with their incomes and how we kind of have a sharecropper cra- uh, mentality about things. And that was kind of like the part of the trip that I referred to as the ghost of Tom Joad. And then it was Texas briefly because I was in the panhandle of Oklahoma, ended up in New Mexico, and again, amazed at the, uh, you know, the fact that Mount Washington in New Hampshire is only about 7,000 feet, but it seemed higher in some weird way from the 10,000 foot plus peaks that I was in in New Mexico. And uh, I got to come across the Navajo Nation, Arizona, and then I got stranded in the Grand Canyon, which really 
was the peak, really was the high point of my whole summer, was ending it by getting stuck in the Grand Canyon. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I had a mechanical, and I had camped at Desert View, which is on the north end, left the park, and uh, my I lost my pressure hoses for brake and power steering, had to drive back up to the park to go to uh, this, this mechanic in the park, and I ended up spending uh, almost a month uh, waiting for parts, getting the wrong parts, ordering new parts, and I just, uh, for, for the first week or so, they kept putting me up in different campsites in the National Park, and then uh, the guys at the, at the uh, mechanic said, why don't you just park in our parking lot, which I did behind the place, and so I had a free campsite, and uh, I was in the South Village, so I really got to know the Grand Canyon. It's such a magical place for me. I don't know why, but uh, it is it is an amazing place. I could get I mean, I'm trying to put a lot putting a whole year into a podcast and I have some conclusions that I want to come to that are really important. But I mean, there's something about the Grand Canyon. Uh, as I mentioned, at the bottom of that canyon are some of the oldest, in fact, the oldest geologic formations in the world. And they were going to try to dam it up at one point, the south end of the canyon. So uh, it, it, the Grand Canyon has struggled to actually become a national park uh, over the years. And even though its, uh, it's national park status is over 100 years old, it came in, in, in spurts. It came in, in uh, di at different times, uh, the size of the park as it is today. Also surrounded by national forests and other things. And when you come south, you get to see these incredible forests and places just north of Williams and just north of Flagstaff, uh, coming on down to uh, Quartzsite, where I ended uh, the, the travel of the summer and basically have been camping with my friends ever since at different parts here in, in Quartzsite. So in terms of, of memory and in terms of kind of the philosophy of what happened in 23, this experience deepens a person in some interesting ways. I feel that it has deepened me in some really significant ways just in terms of the quality of spending time with people you care about because you're alone so much. And I'm not lonely, uh, I'm in solitude. So when I am with people that I know are my friends, when I am with people that I can trust, uh, I've, I cherish that time. Again, it's this focus on the now, which I think is such a surprise. And it, it happens without you even trying. There is a change in, uh, as I have often talked about, there is a change in, uh, perceptions of time and space. We travel through time and space. We function and we think differently than we did back in the world. This is not a value judgment on the people back in the world. It's just what happens to a traveler. It doesn't have to be a nomad traveler in an RV or a truck or a car or whatever. It can be a traveler who is a digital nomad who travels all over the world uh, working for Arthur Anderson or just travels uh, and goes around different parts of the world. There is a dreamlike quality to it that I think is very unique. And uh, it comes from focusing on the now. So that what happens is you have all of these memories and they, they are experiences that deepen our, I think they deepen our humanity 
in some interesting ways because the one thing that I've learned is uh, it's easy to demonize the people in rural areas. It's easy to demonize people you don't know. It's easy to forget these places because it's you're not they're not in big cities. These these wonderful places uh, all over the country with great people uh, all over the country. When you are uh, back in the world and focused, there's a whole shift in focus which has happened by doing this. I think. I really think it would be very hard to give that up. I think a couple things are happening. I'm not going to say that more and more people are doing this. I have talked to a lot of people that have said, hey, I've watched your videos as well as others, and I couldn't wait to get here to Quartzsite. This is my first year. But I think what is beginning to happen, hopefully, I think that technology, uh, the will to be free, even though I know by the way, uh, people have commented on YouTube is you people aren't free. You think you're free. That is not what we're we're not talking about anarchy. We're not talking about uh, living in, in another world. We're talking about how we spend our time and what we do and how we do what we do. So I think that the, 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 that as technology progresses, more and more people are going to be able to have better rigs have rigs with uh you know features like uh, unlimited solar power you know starlink all these other things that enable us to do things that we we if we're it people or if we're writers or if we do video or if we are consulting in some way we don't have to be in one place and as technology grows i think more and more people are going to come to the realization i don't have to be in you know minneapolis st paul i don't have to be in st louis i don't have to be in uh, los angeles i can be anywhere and do pretty much what i what i need to do sometimes you have to go back into the city to get something or do something or do some work or whatever people do that sometimes we're called back as i have talked about but i think the freedom is in the focus it's not something that's tangible it's not a somebody doesn't walk up and hand you a card and say you're now free and you don't have to obey any rules that's not it but there's a tangible difference in the way that we think and the gift is that you begin to think uh one begins to think in the here and now almost constantly and so the rest of it becomes a dream and you really have to stop and think about where you've been and what you've learned and the end of the year is a perfect time to do that uh, so that you can understand what has happened in terms of how you think and I say you I mean me uh, how I think about things uh, now versus how I thought about things going going forward especially the first year which really seemed to be a frantic sort of offloading or off-gassing of all the toxicity that had collected uh, that really predicated my just absolute uh, decamping from being a normal, living a normal existence in quote-unquote suburbia. So uh, the biggest change is in the thinking, and it's layers and layers and layers. And I have no doubt 2024 will uh, have more layers than 2023 and 2022. Things are changing. The world is changing. Things are happening in the world. Uh, we are not unaware of the things that are happening in the world, but we have a different kind of focus when we travel from place to place. A lot of things that happen don't touch us. 
because we are moving around and we are in rural areas and we are in places that are insulated in some ways from some of the 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 strife that happens yeah you see things but it isn't like being in in one place and seeing and you hear this all the time the city's not what it used to be this city fill in the blank isn't what it is is what it used to be or we're having a hard time or we can't afford this and we can't afford that i think this is a potential it has the potential to be uh, a productive way to work a very productive way to work if a person can come in with the resources to to have the things that they need to have to be able to do this the big takeaway is how travel leavens a person uh how it adds gravitas and and uh and yet supple uh, a suppleness to uh to to us to me in particular it's easier for me to be positive it's easier for me now to see the good in people and i have you know i've had experiences with people who you know uh certainly may have intended to be friends but weren't friends which only gives me the opportunity to value my true friendships so much more again it's what is in front of me that it is what is happening now that is significant because that's how we live day to day and i i think it's a good way to live and if you apply those principles to uh a, a mobile business a vagabond business if you will a gypsy business that there's a lot that can be accomplished i think it's just a, a question of what tools are available to enable people to have businesses that work in this environment or in any environment whether it's a forest or a beach or any of the places that we want to go that isn't always just media travel changes and i think it changes primarily through education you think oh i'm going to drive and i'm going to drive and i'm going to drive no what you end up doing is you end up staying in places getting to know a place getting to know people which is what i wanted to do in 2022 and 23 anyway uh and you and you grow from that experience and not every experience is a good experience but you you grow from that experience and let let me tell you the my uh my bias toward judgment has not receded it's just that over time the judgments help me learn and the things that i have picked up i think are uh they are the change agents it's just that they are very very subtle it makes this so rewarding as a human being to be able to do this because you are educated not just on the individual uh realities in a given place or the history of a given place uh where people are from and 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 how they uh think about the world is really interesting but aside from that uh, that all just adds up and i think it it deepens a person because their experiences deepen and i i'm not sure i know always how to share that especially when i'm back and people ask questions and and uh, one of the things i've noticed is people just don't pay attention they can't hold a conversation for longer than a couple of minutes they ask a question and before you've answered it because you're on a different time zone you're on a different things uh, we sit and talk for a long time we will chew over a subject for a long time and when you go back to the world somebody will ask you a question you start to answer it at our pace and they just 
they just turn their head and move on to something else because everything is is perfunctory because they're on to the next thing and tomorrow we have to do this and tomorrow we have to do that and tomorrow we have to do that and this and five years later we can't remember uh five years went by like a flash out here it doesn't work that way uh the days crawl by but at the end of the year it's a dream Hey, one of the things I always mention is GardenGurusMN.com. So this is the time when people are sitting at the dining room table with all the seed books and everything else. You gardeners, you know what I'm talking about. What am I going to do? How's my garden going to look? What's the plan? Uh, these are the people that can help you do this. Whether you are growing vegetables and you know uh, things to make your food budget uh, go further, or whether you're doing... Um, you know, flowers or decorative stuff, shrubbery, whatever, GardenGurusMN.com can help you. This is the time to contact them and hook up for uh, their help later in the year when you're going to need it. And they are offering discounts and uh, plans depending on what you want to do and how you want to do it. So check out GardenGurusMN.com. Looking ahead to 2024 is uh, an interesting thought process obviously i'm heading uh, east over to florida so we're going to be operating in the southeast for a little while as opposed to the northeast um, but i think i think a lot is going to happen to the world in 2024 i think there's going to be a lot of developments i think there are going to be a lot of develops economically and i think there's going to be a lot of developments in the world that are going to uh, be arresting let's just say so I think this is going to be a really interesting year especially the first quarter and uh, and I will be here to talk about it from the nomad perspective a nomad look back on 2023 podcast 1125 Bob Davis podcasts <gasps>